Welcome to the Next Discipleship Podcast, a resource from Freedom in Christ Church. Our vision is to impact the world for Christ with how he's transforming us every day. On this podcast, we're taking next steps and learning how to be followers of Jesus. We're glad you're here. This is what's next. Welcome back to the Next Discipleship Podcast. This is uh, episode two, which is going to cover chapter one of the course, Everything You Need. You can find that course on our website, freedomkw.com slash next. You can download it, you can follow along, or you can just listen to this podcast and, uh, and get a kind of a new perspective on this material. And the purpose of this podcast um, is to be a resource for our Next Discipleship page on our website, uh, for our people, for the church, so that everyone can use it on their own terms. You can study this as a course. You can study it um, online. You can listen to it however you need to. You can uh, join our Facebook group for everything you need and talk about this content. We really just want this to be such a blessing to you, such a benefit to you, and a way for you to be able to go deeper for you to be able to take some of those hard questions that we asked in our first episode and, uh, and to take that next step. So we hope you will, uh, our social is at freedom church KW. Um, and you can, again, if you're on Facebook, you can look in groups and, and jump into the group that is talking about this course, ask your questions, give your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. And so again, we're back with Pastor Dal Wells, who's been in pastoral ministry for 37 years, now retired, and has written this wonderful course from Second Peter chapter 1 that we are walking through. So welcome back. Uh, we're ready to do chapter 1, episode 2. So remind us, okay, Second Peter 1, it's not something you hear all the time. Why is it that uh, you wanted to study this? What's the premise of everything you need? Just remind us kind of the bigger picture of what we're doing here. So as I mentioned in the previous episode, it's the most important thing in our lives that I'm focusing in on here, which is knowing God. That's our greatest need. And so this passage of scripture from Second Peter 1, verses 3 to 11, uh, brings that into focus for us. Uh, that we can actually know God and that we are encouraged to know God more. And the more that we know God, the more that we realize what God has already provided for us to live a good life and to be godly. And so uh, my premise here is that our whole life uh, is about how well we know God. And uh, that's why I wrote this course. Uh, I wrote it for people who want to uh, know God in a deeper way, who want to apply themselves to that, who want to have more confidence in knowing what they believe and into activating their faith to actually uh, experiencing uh, what God has. So I really about the quality of life. I want people's uh, quality of life to be enhanced, that they can be in Christ and have uh, a real full life by uh, living a God first focus. It's interesting you say quality of life because as soon as I hear that phrase, I think about uh, having a better car and a bigger house and a nicer mm -hmm. lawn and more yep. more free more free time. But you you're completely uh, redefining what quality of life means. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely, yeah. It's about having uh, life, knowing who you are and uh, what you have, and uh, knowing that God is the ultimate. Uh, identity uh, that you need for your life to you need to know God who he is uh, what he has for you and so yeah it's it's a whole different way 
uh, of growing and knowing because we are so accustomed to go after things. And my hope is in, through this course that people will go after God. Hmm. All right. So walk us through the first few verses of this chapter that set up the section that we're going to be studying. Okay. Well, here we read in Second Peter uh, 1 that uh, Peter establishes who he is. So he gives us his credentials. He is an apostle. We, we know Peter is one of the 12 that Jesus appointed to follow him, and he did that, and all the things that, about Peter's life. If you study uh, Peter at all, you know uh, how he grew and developed in his understanding of who Christ is is and how to know God in a deeper way. And, and after the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ, uh, and then the day of Pentecost, Peter went on to become a leader in the church. And um, through his experiences, the Holy Spirit continued to reaffirm and show him uh, the practical way to live uh, as a Christ follower and to help others to, to know Christ. So uh, that's what he does. He starts out by describing who he is, and then he also begins to unfold uh, some of the benefits of knowing uh, God at the beginning of this letter. And, uh, you know, as a follower of Christ, and this is what he said, Simon Peter, a, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. That's that's a pretty powerful mm -hmm, statement. Mm -hmm. Peter's saying, those of you who have this faith have the same faith that we have uh, in God. It's just, it's that precious. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And that's the first uh, signal here that this is about knowledge. This is about uh, a walking knowledge. This is about living out uh, knowing God. And that's what he's saying. So as a follower of Christ, you've already experienced God's generosity. And I want you to understand that through this course. Mm -hmm. And that's what, that's what he begins to say. All of those things that God has already given you so many things. You ask in this course, uh, how important is it that righteousness, faith, grace, and peace are gifts from God? So that's an interesting way to, to ask that. Mm -hmm. How important is it that righteousness, faith, grace, and peace are gifts from God? What are you driving at when you're asking a question like that? Well, I think human nature, if we look around, we see so many people who, if they believe in a God, uh, not just the true God that we know, but a God, have an idea that you need to live a good life of some sort. You need to be, we would, might not use the term righteousness, but they need to learn how to be right and in right standing and to be a good person and, and all those kinds of things. Even someone who comes to faith in Christ, I've seen this many times, uh, wonder how it is now that I live up to what I've attained by this faith in Christ. Mm -hmm. How do I now be approved by God? Uh, what does it mean to be righteous? And I mean, the Bible from cover to cover talks about righteousness. And that's an, another great study to get into at some point because God blesses the righteous. There's no question about it. 
The problem is that many people assume that righteousness comes by self-effort, that we on our own are able to make ourselves what we're supposed to be before mm-hmm. God. And I want people to realize by taking this course that we have become righteous and not only because of Christ and our faith because of, in Christ, not because of our own efforts. In fact, our own efforts could, can never do it for us. And so that's why there's frustration there. So this is a gift to us. Righteousness is a gift. And I don't know how many people understand that, that they really understand that we are in a right standing with God and that we have the ability to live right in life uh, as a gift. Uh, this isn't something we have to just work harder at, to knuckle down to. Efforts required, as we'll see in this in this course, that we have to apply ourselves. No question about it. Right. But righteousness, uh, faith, and and grace and peace, these are all gifts from God. And we need to understand that they've already been given to us in Christ. So that's why I'm driving at. I want people to understand at, at the very beginning, this isn't something that you earned. This is something you have already received. In Christ. In Christ. Mm. In Christ by faith. Yes. So Peter goes on to highlight three attributes of God mm-hmm. that we're going to talk about in this episode. Um, and they are evident in his provision to us, his power, his glory, and his goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, verse 3 says, um, his, God's, divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Talk about that. Mm-hmm. Last episode, we talked about how important it was to focus in on God and his abilities rather than our own inabilities, right, yeah. rather than our own weaknesses, rather than our own questions, um, having our own focus on ourselves. We are encouraging everyone through this course to focus in on God because I have seen it for so long, this tendency. In fact, it's become popular to almost celebrate in a way uh, our inadequacies, to get caught off in this these side trips uh, of how, you know, we don't have what it takes to really live up to what we read about in the Bible, but that's okay. We can live with it. Well, that's not what I'm reading here. I'm reading here that there's a challenge and there's an opportunity for us that we want to live life to the maximum, not the minimum. I want to see everyone fulfilled as a follower of Christ. And that's, you know, such a driving force behind the writing of this course, because every single follower of Christ has the potential to experience life to the full, when God is our number one focus. When we understand who we are in Christ and all that that entails, and when we, at the same time, humbly acknowledge our personal weaknesses, we're not acting like we're anything that we are not, uh, but uh, we are driven to draw closer to God and be transformed to become more like him. And so that's what's involved here with with knowing God and understanding his, his power, his uh, glory, his goodness, and focusing on him because that's way more beneficial uh, than anything else. Yeah, it's so true when you, you say about, uh, I feel like the pendulum swings from one side to the other with some people. It's either uh, we almost have a spiritual bravado 
that we can walk around with and say, you know, my God does this. So he will, and just telling God what he will and won't do. Um, and on the other side saying, oh, well, I, I'm just a sinner. I'm just, I can't. And I just, well, you know, uh, I'm, I'm glad that Jesus is good to me because I'm, I'm such a worm. And, and there's a balance between those two extremes to know who you are confidently in Christ, but also know that that confidence comes because of him and not you. Right? right. They're both and mm-hmm. kind of, kind of approach. So that's what we're aiming at. Right. The balance. Right. Uh, so let's talk about his power, his power. Uh, and so I've listed a few things in the course. If you refer to your notes, um, you'll see I've described it as any as unlimited ability to do anything. And that's important for us uh, to think about the promises of God. We're going to be talking about God's promises to us. And, and that's a study in itself. If you want to go and find out what God has promised to you in Christ and what's what's involved with those. But God's power means that he has the ability uh, to keep his promises. Right. And that's that's important to know. His power also means he's supernatural, that it's above the be, above and beyond the natural. And I want you to grasp the fact that life is happening in an arena that we can't see. It's in a dimension of the spiritual, mm-hmm. the invisible. We we focus in on the physical, what we see, but the real world is behind that. And that's where everything is happening, and that's where we're understanding God is operating right now in the supernatural, uh, the ability to do above and beyond what we can see or what we even anticipate. There's also the creative side to his power, the ability to make something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I'm a big believer on uh, your faith will only mature and expand as much as you believe that God is the creator of all things. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe that God is the creator, then you don't have a real faith. You know, I That's been debated, you know, even out in society for generations uh, but it doesn't really matter if God created it. Yeah, it does. The Bible tells us that. And, in fact, your faith hinges on that. If you go to Hebrews 11 and verse 6. But there's also not just his ability to create, but his ability to sustain. And when we look at our universe and the intricacies of how everything works together, right. from the galaxies around us to our human bodies, uh, to just the way our, our own planet functions, the ability that's to sustain all of that, to preserve what has been created. And then, of course, there's the transforming side of his power, which his ability to progressively change from one condition to a better one. And uh, we talk about things like renewal and redemption and regeneration. Those are all according to the power of God. We can't do any of that as human beings, but God can. So that's the focus. When when we need to study God's Power. So when, when Peter's using the term, by his power, he has given us all these things. That, that's a pretty loaded statement. And I think, you know, it's likely not hard for most people, uh, when you think about God, to think of him as all-powerful. Mm-hmm. Because there's even a, a cultural concept. In, in every religion, um, the, the, the deity in any religion is, is usually very, very powerful, if not all powerful. But, but why do you think it's so important for us to really grasp how powerful he is? Why break it down like this? Why do we as Christ followers need to understand, uh, all of these aspects of God's power? Because in its simplicity, 
we need to believe that our God finds nothing impossible. There is absolutely nothing impossible for God. So if you have anything less of a view of God than that, then you're going to be limited in your ability to be maximized in your life. All right, good. Let's talk about uh, his glory. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? That it's a load, all, another loaded word. What is, what is the, what do we need to understand about God's glory? So God's glory, I've, I've described here again in the course as unparalleled excellent, excellence. So when I, I would describe that as a, a perfect 10 in every quality. So when you look at a perfect 10, no, we don't know anybody who's a perfect 10. We know people in sports events and other things or, or in beauty contests or whatever else from the human perspective are given a 10. But that's not perfection. That's only our limited uh, ability to reach a certain level. God is perfect in that he's flawless. There, there are literally no flaws in God. So he's perfect in every one of his qualities. That's his glory. He's superior to everything else in all, the, all of creation. There is nothing that compares to him. So when we talk about God's glory, uh, we are talking about someone who is other than anything else. Someone who is set apart. Someone who is absolutely magnificent. The Bible talks about uh, God's glory in different ways as radiant splendor. Uh, the term Shekinah, which uh, was uh, a term used for the uh, majesty of the divine presence. Uh, we see this uh, described in the visions of Isaiah in chapter 6 and in Ezekiel chapter 14 and in, in John the Revelator in Revelation 4 and 5 on Patmos. But he talked about the glory was so unbelievable um, in, in those visions. But Jesus himself, who when he was transfigured, and Peter, who was writing this letter, was an eyewitness of Jesus' transfiguration. And he was able to say, we have seen his glory. You know, we have seen that. And he echoes the words of John, who, who wrote in, in his, in his uh, gospel, uh, we have seen his glory. Uh, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John 1.14. And Peter concurs with that in his second letter here in second letter second peter 1 verses 16 to 18 um you know he's he's realizing that this is the glory that i'm talking about this this is not like anything else in all of creation so the glory of god uh is unparalleled and that's what i want people to grasp when you're talking about god uh you're talking about uh the perfect him in in real terms no flaws in any way. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, the, that, that is such a, a loaded word, mm-hmm. God's glory, to mm-hmm. consider God's glory, anyone who had any interaction with God's glory in Scripture and their response to mm-hmm. it. And here it is in Second Peter 1, just put into this sentence mm-hmm. that you can so quickly read past. That's it right. says, uh, he has called us. By his own glory mm-hmm. and goodness, which we're going to talk about in a second, but right. he's called us by this kind of glory. That's right. Um, that's kind of a big deal. It is a big deal. <laughs> so there's a real importance for the believer, for the disciple to understand how awesome God is. That's right. What do you think happens to a believer if they don't really recognize 
the awesomeness, this perfect 10. Interesting that we, you referred to it that way because in the last episode we talked about how we would rate ourselves on a scale. We're never, ever going to be a 10 in anything, right. Uh, right. In, you know, in real life. Uh, how important it is it for a believer to understand this? What happens to um, somebody who wants to believe in Jesus but doesn't understand the awesomeness uh, of who he is, about of his glory? What, what do you think that looks like? And, and what what's the deficit there? Well, I call it minimal Christian living. You, you just uh, get along. Uh, you never uh, experience uh, the abundance of God in any way. Uh, you have a measure. Obviously, God loves you. The grace of God is still uh, there for your life. Uh, you know, you have a sense of eternal hope, destiny. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it varies from individual to individual. Um, but you will never grasp what you actually have. And, and I believe one of the main things that changes is your worship. So how you approach God will be dramatically changed by how you see him. Hmm. So if you don't see God as this all glorious one, you can become very casual with, with your, what you offer God. And I don't just mean in coming to church and singing and raising your hands or, uh, you know, falling on your knees or uh, crying out to God, which are all valid expressions. But I'm talking about the hundreds of ways that we truly express our worship to God will be hindered uh, if we don't really see who he is. In fact, we can almost make our offering of ourselves to God uh, as an option. We can almost see it as something that we feel like doing or we want to do. When you see God this way in his glory, when you see God as the all-powerful one, as you see uh, this one who has created your life, let alone everything that is created, and sustains it at the same time, but is also perfect in the fact that there is no sin, not a speck, not a hint of any type of sin, you should be awestruck. And when you come to that realization, it changes the way you approach God. You come to him humbly. You come to him and you willingly give your whole life to him. So I, I see people who hesitate, for example, in being involved in ministry. As, you know, they see it as, a, as, as optional. I'll do it if I, I get around. Well, when you see God in, in this way, you, you can't help yourself. You say, God would do this. This God would do this for me. How can I help? How can, can I, I serve? What can I do? Or let's worship the Lord together. Well, there should be absolutely no hesitation. You shouldn't have to be worked up to do that. You shouldn't have to be coaxed or, or, or prompted or prodded. You should just say, yes, Lord, you're worthy. You are the awesome God. There is absolutely none like you. And I willingly give myself to you. Whereas uh, Romans 12, 1 and say, in view of his mercies to us. We present ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is our spiritual worship, which is our reasonable, reasonable service, service in view yeah, of all right. that he has done for us. So it's just like the most should be the most obvious thing. Natural. It should be the outflow of who we are. And I can tell when you don't get it. I can tell when somebody does not get that. When you have to be talked into worshiping God, when you have to be talked into serving God, when you talk, have to talk into giving to God, you know, uh, just, just, just being um, available to God in every way. When you understand who he is, uh, it changes everything. If that's not your response, you missed, you've missed something about understanding 
who he is. You don't know who he's he is. Glory. Literally oh, it's a good thing we're doing this then. We can talk about it here. All right, let's talk about his goodness. So I've described it in the notes as free from any flaw, the perfect ideal. So when we look in, in around us, uh, we would look at somebody and say, oh, there's a good person. That's a really good person. Wow, that person is really good. We, we should try to be like that person. They're really good. But the best person that you could ever see, the, the, the person you think is good or better than anybody else, can't come close to the goodness of God. We only compare against what we can see. We, we should only compare ourselves to God because God is free from any flaw. He's morally righteous without equal. And that means he's always right. He's never wrong. So you can question God. We're given that ability. I mean, if you want to question what God tells you to do, his commands, uh, his, you know, his word, what he's telling you, how to live, all those things, or the direction he's asking you to take in your life, you can question him. You're, you're welcome to do that. I mean, but uh, you, you don't need to because he's always right. And he's perfectly ethical. So whatever he does um, is always good. He's gracefully beneficial to others. That is, he's the ultimate giver of good gifts. God just keeps giving. He always has and he always will. He's, a, he's the best giver. So we also realize that he's always motivated by love. The Bible describes God as being love. Love. He's perfect in love. And love is so multifaceted. It's not this just one-sided, ooey-gooey, uh, feel-good mentality that we so often see portrayed, the sentimentality and all the other things that we look at as love. And uh, God, I'll tell you, he, he's loving in every way. He wants the best for us. I think people, you, you find them struggling with this concept when something bad happens to them. Totally. How could there be a good God when the world is so full of evil? Right. Why, how could God be good if, uh, if bad things happen to good people? Again, coming back to our defini uh, definition of good. Um, and in fact, we, I was thinking about this. We, we sing about this a lot in church, very intentionally so. Uh, you are good. You are good. We would say God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. And we'll declare this truth. But do you think that most Christians actually understand God's goodness? I don't know what most Christians <laughs> understand, to be honest with you. I only know about my own life. And I, years ago, came to believe that the word of God is true. And so when it says that God is perfectly good, I accepted that. I've accepted that. So when I don't understand something about life, something is happening in my own life, something is happening in someone else's life, uh, I know that there's only one person that knows the whole thing of what's going on there, and that's God himself. Mm -hmm. Only God knows all of that. But I'll tell you, it changes your life when you embrace the fact that God is good in everything that he does. And... I think that for most people that they would benefit themselves if they would just open up to that rather than taking the other side, trying to get God to prove himself all the time. And I think that's what happens a lot. Right. People say, well, God, you show me that you're good and then I'll believe you. Or God, you give me this and then I'll see that. And it's backwards. We should be focusing on God, who he is. And all of this other stuff fits in under that. There are many, many things that we'll only understand in eternity. 
once we get there, and even then I don't know that we're even going to care. Right. <laughs> you know, what are we going to care? Because this life is over and we're in the presence of God forever. So, so who cares? But here's the, the thing that I, I would encourage everybody uh, listening to this or taking this course is focus in on who God is and take everything from the perspective of God is good. Assume that God is good rather than there's something going on here. Uh, that God is tr- out to trick you or trip you up or he's, he's done something mischievous or he's, he's, who knows what goes through people's minds. Because our minds uh, are incredible machines, aren't they? They mm. uh, can come up with all kinds of, of, of thoughts. And that's a whole other study in itself, you know, <laughs> about how the mind works and how we need to deal with that. But let me encourage you uh, through this course to focus in on the attributes of God, who God is. And one of them is that he is good. The Bible from cover to cover talks about the goodness of God. And so when you focus on your life from that angle, you can then uh, embrace whatever you're going through that God is already aware of it. He's got you covered. It's very freeing. Mm-hmm. It's what it occurs to me as as you're speaking. Mm-hmm. Just think about how freeing it is to not have to keep going back to I thought God was good. Why is he not here? Why is he not hearing me? Why doesn't he care about me? But when you start from a baseline of he is good Mm -hmm. and he is generous Mm -hmm. and he does love me, Mm -hmm. that changes everything else. It changes everything. It changes your prayer. It changes your ability to um, understand. And it changes your ability to accept what you can't understand. Absolutely. Um, Okay. So God's power gives him the ability to do anything he Mm -hmm. chooses. That's a, that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that for a bit. So again, as I mentioned earlier, nothing's impossible for him. So he has, he has the ability to fulfill his promises, uh, to keep his word, uh, to do whatever he's going to do. And there's a big thing that's happening. It's unfolding. Our whole cosmos is, is undergoing uh, change and transformation. And, the, you know, uh, by cosmos, I mean the world and uh, that we live in, and we already know from reading the Bible what's happening. It, the world is groaning under the weight and, and waiting for the redemption and the the, re, the renewal that's going to take place. Mm-hmm. So we need to understand that this is all God's doing, and God is the one, as I uh, talked about in uh, the first episode of familiarizing yourself with the second letter uh, of of Peter. Uh, these three chapters and that third uh, that third chapter will remind you of what's what's ahead what's what's going to happen and so i think that's uh concerning but comforting at the same time concerning that we see the world where it is it's 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 disintegrating it's falling apart the people are living for themselves and it's not going to get any better right but that one day uh god is going to say okay that's it and he's going to recreate, and it's going to be a whole new place. And those of us who have chosen to follow Christ, to know God through Christ, uh, will be in that whole new realm. And so I think that's a, a great thing to do. Only somebody with unlimited power can do that, and that's who the God is that we serve. That's the God of this course that we're talking about. The God of this word is the one that we're getting to know more. And so that's why it's important to to know how powerful he is because he can do all of these things. So as we've been talking about God's power and his glory and his goodness, these simple words that 
are so loaded with meaning. Uh, so they speak so much to who God is. Uh, it's really important for us then to, to pause and think about our own response to God. Mm-hmm. Do we actually believe these things? Do we know these things about him? Right. Are they core to our, uh, to our faith in him? Are these things that we, we actually can, we can see and we can rely on and we can know in our day-to-day lives? Or are these just words that we skim past as we read a passage of scripture like this? And so uh, one of the questions in the course is, what motivated me to accept him as my creator and benefactor. I don't know if I've ever been asked a question quite like that before. Hmm. What motivated me to accept him as my creator and benefactor? I mean, I've, I've been a Christian my whole life. And so maybe that's why the question was, I've kind of known him that way. Mm -hmm. But as I think about it, when did I really understand that he, he is the, the creator of all things, including me and the benefactor He's so good mm-hmm. and he's, he's so giving, uh, and all of those things. So, uh, what motivated me to accept those things about him? Mm-hmm. It's a great question to ask. Yeah. I hope everybody asks themselves this question and I'm wondering how many people haven't yet. They haven't really accepted fully mm. that God is the creator and the benefactor uh, of all things. They don't really see God as that in their lives. And I think that's so vitally important. So for me, it was the Holy Spirit. When I began to understand the role of the Holy Spirit in my life, I began to realize what I had available to me. That I saw the Holy Spirit uh, as a person who wants to fill my life with his presence and power and will literally teach me what I need to know. Will guide me everywhere that I should go will prepare me for everything that I'm going to face will illuminate God's truth to me will help me to make it applicable to my own life will help me to incorporate it into my prayer life will help me to share it with others will empower me to endure to walk with Christ faithfully and the more I allowed the Holy Spirit to fill my life And to do that work in me, the more that these truths became part of me. Uh, This giving ourselves to knowing God isn't some part-time thing that we pick and choose. Okay, well, maybe we'll spend a half an hour this week and and get to know God really deeply. Well, that's not how it works. No, it's not how it works in any relationship. Exactly. And let me encourage you, if you're listening to this podcast and you're working your way through here, uh, don't underestimate the importance of inviting the Holy Spirit to be a part of your life. Right, yeah. In every aspect, in every detail. That's, that's what made the difference for me. How it all came together for me. This isn't just some intellectual exercise that we're doing here. This is experiential. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's good. All right, so some application questions Mm -hmm. to take us uh, another level deeper uh, between episodes here, between chapters. The first one is this. How has your understanding of God expanded by focusing on his power, glory, and goodness? So just consider this. Consider how understanding his power, glory, and goodness uh, has changed your ability to understand who God is. Secondly, uh, what are you asking the Holy Spirit to do in your pursuit of a close relationship with God? 
just like, just like you just said, mm-hmm. uh, what are you asking the Holy Spirit to do? How are you inviting him into the process? And you just gave testimony to the fact that. Fill me. Just teach you, me. Motivate me. Yeah. Enable me. Do on all of it. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. Uh, what are you asking the Holy Spirit to do? Um, and if the question is nothing, that's a great place to any, pray any of those things. Absolutely. Um, and cause that's going to unlock all of this for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third question, uh, not so much a question as much as a, uh, a point of order here as you memorize uh second peter one and three so hopefully you're working on that quote it every day as often as you can quote it every day as often as you can growing up my mom used to put scripture verses on the fridge uh and i so i started doing that at our at our house and it was interesting to me we wouldn't always point to it as a family we wouldn't always point it out to our kids but they see it every day as they're eating breakfast as they're walking through and then they'll suddenly be able to say it back to me. And those are, so, so put it on your fridge, put it on your bathroom mirror, uh, put it as your home screen on your phone, whatever, memorize this and then quote it as often as you can. First Peter one and three. Uh, and then lastly, search uh, biblical names. We talked about this a little bit in the last episode as something that your group had done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're going to encourage all the listeners search biblical names, titles and attributes of God and learn what they teach us about God. Uh, there's lots of ways you can do this. Mm-hmm. You can literally just Google the names of God, uh, characteristics of God. Uh, you can use a concordance. You can, there's books written on this topic. Do you have any resources? Just a few of the sites. If you want to yep. go safe sites, allaboutgod.com, mm-hmm. a good one. Just put in names of God yep. and it'll come up. Uh, there's another one, uh, blueletterbible.org, um, FAQ of attributes, and you'll see uh, different attributes of God. Uh, it's another one called ChristianAnswers.net. has 951 names and titles of God. 951. Yeah. It's interesting in, in uh, going through the group uh, study uh, recently in this course, uh, one of the um, ladies who did this, who went and did the extra work in it, came back and reported this discovery. It was fascinating. She said, it was unbelievable. As I was going through these, I realized that all these names of God and attributes of God in the Bible mean that in everything that I face in my life, he's got me covered. <laughs> he's got everything. You mean he has everything at, we need? Everything we need. <laughs> it was so affirming for her. She was so excited. She was just beaming. She said, it was. I'd never done that before. And this, she's been a Christian, I would say, 20 years or, or so. Uh, and yet this was the first time she'd ever taken this on. So That's I would awesome. encourage anybody to do that. You'll be absolutely amazed. This is who God yeah, you is. Don't have to, you don't have to learn how to read Greek or Hebrew no. to, to do this kind of study. No. Uh, we'll link to those websites in the show notes for sure. You can grab those. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to ask how our understanding of God has expanded by understanding his power, glory, and goodness. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to help us in our pursuit of a close relationship with God. We're going to continue to memorize Second Peter 1 and 3, and we're going to search for those biblical names, titles, and attributes of God and find out what they teach us about him. That is our homework for this episode 2, chapter one uh, lesson one of the everything you need course. So uh, in our next episode, we're going to continue to unpack verse three. Yes, you heard me. We're going to continue to unpack verse three because there is still more. We're going to talk about what it means to be in Christ. That's going to be awesome. Uh, We're going to start to figure out how we access 
everything we need. Uh, that's going to be really key. So we're looking forward to diving into episode three with you. Uh, please don't hesitate to connect with us on all of our socials at Freedom Church KW. Uh, get into the community who's talking about this course by joining the Facebook group, uh, which you'll find on our Facebook page. Uh, it's the group's called Next Discipleship, Everything You Need. And our mission is to equip people to live Christ-centered lives through daily transformation. We hope this episode has done just that. It is such a huge honor to be a part of what's next for you. So thanks for listening.